you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast or you just want to talk, please reach out to someone for help and support. You can also get in touch with Man Blues via manblues at gmx.com. We also have a presence on Twitter or X, as well as on Instagram and Mastodon. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. This week's episode is all about exercise. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Man Blues. So what do I mean? Exercise. Ah, it's the scourge of everybody out there, and I mean everybody. It affects women and men alike. There are various pressures put upon us to exercise, some from ourselves, some from others, uh, some from society, and it's tricky, it is difficult. So I've broken this episode down into a few separate sections for you. Number one is feeling pressured to exercise by others. I mean, we've all got that one friend or acquaintance who's always in the gym, or always going out for a run, or always going out for a bike ride, and that can affect your man blues. Because you might feel as though you are expected to do that. The second part of it is maybe you feel that you should be exercising to maintain your shape or even to get in shape. And that's the thought that you need to put yourself through this in order to prolong your life or improve your health. And I chose those words specifically, that you need to put yourself through it because that's how it feels, especially at the beginning. At no point when you're about to set off on an exercise regime do you feel that you are doing it for fun. You tend to get that impression that you're doing it because you need to. And that's really, really hard. The third thing is when you struggle to motivate yourself to exercise. Motivation is a big battle anyway. And rallying yourself to head out on a wet Wednesday evening in late November never gets easier. The fourth aspect of it is is a cost-benefit ratio. No, you're right, you are listening to a Man Blues podcast and we're not here to talk about accounting and we're not here to talk about finance. But there is a cost-benefit ratio to exercise, believe it or not. There is a physical and an emotional cost, as well as physical and emotional benefits. And we'll talk about those later. And the fifth and final section I found just by feeling inside myself is the embarrassment at not being good enough. That first daunting step into the gym or even to the pool. Are you really happy to take off your top in the swimming pool and and just be there in your swimming shorts in front of others? And as a result of this, as ever, I've learned a new phrase, which I'm now going to impart to you. That phrase is gym timidation. Nope, I'd never heard of it either. But the point about gym timidation is, is that it's intimidating to go to the gym. And I can genuinely see how that is a thing. So what are we saying? Well, addressing these points individually, let's start with number one. Why do you feel pressured by others to go and do exercise? Why does it matter that that guy that you know is out there doing these things? Why does it bother you? These are important questions. Are you judging yourself too harshly? Are you looking at this other person and thinking they have a lifestyle that you want? Because if that's the case, You might need to reframe how you look at that person, or you might just need to start doing what they are doing. But you need to make sure you've got the correct motivation for doing that. And yes, motivation is coming up later. 
but you need to make sure that your reasoning behind doing that is right and it's right for you. You don't want to be going out there and pushing yourself to do some exercise just because you think you should do because your friend is doing it. That's not going to help you and that's not going to help anybody. And the point of it is the exercise needs to have a better reason for you than I want to be as good as or better than that guy because that is a poisonous motivation and you don't need that. There's a friend of mine who's very good at running, but I was talking to him recently and I was saying, why don't you move into something like swimming or cycling or some other sport that's a cross training thing for running? He says, well, I can swim, but, and this was the crux for me, he said, I don't want to start swimming knowing that I'm not gonna be as good as I am at running. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Because he's already putting himself under pressure now to be so good at swimming without ever actually remembering that there was a time when he wasn't good at running. But in his head, he's now so good at running that if he was to try another sport, it would frustrate him. And I found that a really interesting mental stance from him. Because this is something I've thought about with my son. My son has, over the years, always put himself under pressure to be very good at something from the get-go. And I was talking to him about this just yesterday. And it was nice to be able to say it to his face because he's just started at university. It's off topic with exercise, I understand, but it still sits in with this example. So he's just started at university and he was putting himself down in those initial days because he was like, well, I'm not as good as them. I'm not as comfortable as them. And I'm not this and I'm not that and I'm not the other. Yesterday, he said to me, actually, when we've gone into the lectures, I'm better than a lot of the other students on the course because I've already done a lot of it and I'm a lot more comfortable with the software and so on and so on. I said to him, you've got to embrace that because you were putting yourself down a couple of weeks ago thinking you weren't good enough. You had imposter syndrome. You didn't feel as though you belonged. That's the same stance that my friend needs to have when it comes to swimming. If he wants to change sports because he knows there's a benefit to changing sports and there is. So number two was feeling that you should be exercising in order to maintain your shape or get in shape. Well, there's a certain risk with this that when you are of a certain fitness level, or maybe you're carrying perhaps a certain amount of extra weight, that sudden exercise can be actually very dangerous. You need to make sure that you get some solid advice before you start. And also make sure that you start small and simple. It's so easy to lose motivation at the beginning. Motivation, as you can probably tell, keeps coming up because it is really key to actual exercise. Who'd have thought you need to be motivated to exercise, but you do. And the problem with your exercising starting tomorrow or even today is that you need to make sure you've got the right level of fitness already to do what it is you're planning. As ridiculous as it sounds, many years ago when I had much too much weight on my ribs, I went to the doctors and I said, help me lose some weight. And the doctor basically said, well, you can start exercising, but you also can't start exercising because he needed to make sure that my heart was in a good enough position to cope with the amount of exercise that he was going to recommend. His advice was basically, just start with a 30 minute brisk walk. Now that sounds ridiculous when you're, let's say your goal is that you want to lose weight and maintain your shape or even get in shape. But when someone says to you, just go for a 30 minute brisk walk, you'll be thinking, well, that's not going to be enough. But guess what? Exercise is a marathon, not a sprint. You will not get in shape by next week. You will not get in shape by next month, but you might get in shape by next year. But that all depends on you ramping up the amount of exercise 
on a weekly basis, not on an hourly basis. You can't just go out there and train for a marathon. You have to have a certain level of base fitness before you can even contemplate that. Similarly, you can't just go out there and go for a brisk walk because if you've not got it in you to go a brisk walk for 30 minutes, do it for 10 minutes. And by brisk, you need to be getting out of breath. Out of breath, but not seeing stars. It, it is quite difficult. And if you are genuinely concerned about it, please get medical advice. Point three was perhaps the biggest problem of all, which is the elusive question, how do you motivate yourself to get up and do something? Okay, that can apply to any aspect of your life, but it's particularly difficult when it's something that you can't see an immediate reward. You can't see an immediate reward to exercise because it comes over time. It's only after, say, 10 or 15 or 20 times of doing that thing that you kind of go, oh, this is getting easier now. I'm not as out of breath. I'm not finding it as difficult. I'm not struggling. But it's not from today till tomorrow. And that's the problem. But the thing about motivation is you're looking for the road less traveled. It takes a while before something becomes routine. So you need to start out by applying a routine. For example, pick a day or two in the week when you want to go for your brisk walk. And I have said before, my wife and I can't do this together because she walks slower than me, so I lose benefit. So if you want to exercise together with somebody, especially when you're talking about walking, running and so on, it needs to be someone who can do it at the same level or better than you. And if they do it better than you, they need to be comfortable with the fact that they're not going to be getting much out of it. Because they won't. You may also come to hate that particular day in the week or that particular morning or whatever it is. And if that's the case, move it. Say, for example, you've decided that you want to go for a bike ride every Tuesday afternoon after work. Fine. But if it gets to a point where you think, oh, it's Tuesday, I'm going out for the bike ride tonight, ugh, then move it. Because the only thing that needs to be on your tick list is that you go for a bike ride that week. The point about the routine is, is making sure that you've got it in the calendar, not that it has to be on that day at that time. Unless that works best for you. Everyone is different. You will only find that out when you start applying these routines. Now, number four was about physical and emotional cost and the cost benefits of exercise. Well, quite obviously, the physical cost could be that you could injure yourself and then you're forced to take a break just when you're starting to get on top of it. Now, that really hurts. I fractured my ankle when I was out doing a park run and it put me out of action for a long time. And it hurts when you look at where you were and then you come back from the injury and you're not as fast anymore. You're not as good. At, I mean, I wasn't great anyway, and I keep maintaining this. I was terrible at part run. That's by the by. You get injured. That physical cost weighs heavily on you and it can affect your emotions. And it then becomes an emotional cost. Also, you need to make sure that you lower your expectations right from the start. If you're deciding to go out running, run really slowly. It sounds counterintuitive, but if you start slow you can run further. And the slower you start, the further you can go. It's really weird, but it's true. You will get further and you'll reap greater rewards. And if you're working out in the gym, start on the really easy weights. Stuff that you can do without really breaking a sweat. And you can do longer sets with more repetitions. But over time, you'll notice at the end of the third set, you can indeed do 15, where initially you might have stopped at 10. When you get to that point, just change the weights and you should then be able to get to a point again where by the third set, 10 is difficult. But the emotional cost, that is the guilt. 
when you don't go. When you sit there on the sofa and you look outside and it's miserable and you don't want to get up and go to the gym. And then tomorrow morning you will feel that you just get guilty because you didn't go and you could have gone. And there was no reason stopping you other than the excuses are easier to find than the reasons. And the problem with the emotional gain is that it comes afterwards. No one ever regretted going out for that run when they got back home. Sure, you might be soaked to the skin and freezing cold, but that's temporary. But you always feel better afterwards. And number five was about gin intimidation. Brand new word that we've learned again on this podcast. We seem to be always learning, don't we? So there are several reasons why you might have a fear of going to the gym, including the fear of being judged by other people, believing that you might not be able to do certain exercises properly, and being insecure about how you compare to other gym goers. The thing is though, you're not there for them. You're not there to impress those other people. You're there for you. Do not lose sight of that. Nobody is taking you to the gym for the benefit of other people. You are taking yourself to the gym for the benefit of you. And keep that in mind. Now it's taken a long time to get to this point where I normally ask myself the question, what's my problem? Well, my problem is I know that I should be doing it. I know that I should be out there exercising. And if you couple with the fact that I actually used to do it a lot more regularly before COVID, that makes things worse. Now, I'm not blaming COVID, but it did stop my routine. And it also taught me a lot about myself. It taught me, for example, that I can't go for a 5k run if I don't have a finish line to cross. And the finish line being my house didn't work. I needed to cross an actual finish line to feel as though I've achieved something. So let's move on to some positivity. Now, I've found several websites, three of which I'm going to put into the blurb for this episode. So please click on these links. I'm only giving you some synopses of what they actually said on them. But they are really, really interesting, especially the gym intimidation one. But in terms of positivity, the first thing you need to do is change your mindset. First things first, you know. If you're having trouble with exercise motivation, you might be due for an attitude adjustment. Instead of seeing exercise as a hassle or too exhausting or the worst part of your day and so on, you need to view it as an essential positive component of your self-care. Number two is to give in to temptations. Now that doesn't mean treat yourself to this and treat yourself to that but it does mean sometimes a little bribe goes a long way with exercise motivation for instance save listening to your favorite music or podcasts or audiobooks etc for when you're at the gym number three sounds a little bit stupid when you read it out loud but i have already said it set yourself simple goals don't leave yourself any room for excuses by diving into workouts that your body can't handle and expecting unreasonable results you cannot lift that much weight that many times in that many sets you cannot run that distance from the get-go because there's a certain amount of exercise required before that there's a certain level of fitness needed your goals should be realistic and achievable and you need to change them as time wears on because that way you can see that your body is improving number four is schedule your workouts You probably already have some kind of daily to-do list or a schedule to follow. Is exercise on it? If not, it should be. Number five, incorporate resistance training. A study of older adults found that resistance training has helped to improve exercise motivation. I'm not entirely sure how that works. I'm certainly an older adult, so maybe I should have a look at resistance training. I've got some resistance bands. 
I just need to break them up. Do you know what? My resistance bands, they're in the bedroom and they're gathering dust. Quick show of hands. Have you also got some exercise equipment in the room that's just gathering dust? Yep, thought so. There's no shame in that, but maybe dust it down and have another look at it. Number six is to make a bet. Things always seem to get a little more serious when money is involved, even when it comes to exercise. Now, the website may go on to explain with whom to have this bet, but I didn't read that far. But you can. And number seven, finally, is to get competitive. Now, I've already done a podcast episode about competition and why I don't like it. However, this is you being in competition with yourself. Also, it goes on to say there's nothing like a good support group to help you achieve your goals. But when it comes to exercise, competition might win over support. Personally, it doesn't work for me, but it's not about me. It's about you. It's about you making sure you can do what you need to do when it comes down to your exercise. I'm Leon Deggs and I'm trying hard to get back into what I once had in my weekly routine. So, I'll see you out there. Thanks for listening. <laughs>